0: Well, hey there, this is Noah Heron and uh, I am so, so excited that you have joined us today for the first ever, the first ever episode of the All Our Ways podcast. Did you know that you can only have one first episode ever and you made it here for that one? This is amazing. I'm so excited. This is where different generations, different perspectives come together for the same Jesus. We want to look at all our ways and see how we can give God the glory through them. I've been praying and thinking about this podcast for so long. It feels just so surreal for today to finally be here and um, I hope that this podcast challenges you. I hope it encourages you. Ultimately, I just hope that it brings you closer to Jesus. This first season, we've got so many different types of episodes, but today we're starting with a, a conversation between me and a living legend, someone that I've looked up to for years now. His name is Brad Lamanick. and through our conversation that you're going to get to listen to today he dropped so many incredible nuggets of wisdom i went back and took notes on the conversation that we had that is how much it impacted me i know it's going to impact you before i introduce you to my good friend brad laminick i want to take a second to thank our good friends over at the jesus loves you company um, you've probably seen their stuff. It is so sick. They sell t-shirts. They sell hoodies. They sell They sell everything. Um, but I love what they've done. They've taken this simple message, this simple yet profound message of Jesus loves you, and they've put it on really cool stuff. It's a great conversation starter. It looks good on you, okay? Uh, what more can you ask for? There have been so many people who stopped me as I'm wearing their t-shirts and just said, hey. Why do you wear that? Or, or hey, where did you get that? I, m- I mean, it's it's incredible stuff, and um, I just want to thank them so much for making this podcast happen. Go check them out. Use the code All Our Ways for a discount at checkout. You'll love their stuff. I promise. So today, we have Brad Lominick joining us on the podcast. What an absolute honor for him to be here. He has been a hero of mine for quite some time. Brad is a business entrepreneur. He is kind of like the leadership guru, um, right? he He's like the Yoda of leadership. That's what I call him. Uh, he was the longtime president of this little thing called Catalyst. I don't know if you've heard of that. They literally have conferences around the world with tens of thousands of leaders coming together. Um, your favorite leader that you can think of probably has a Brad Lominick t-shirt in his closet somewhere, right? Like, like a t-shirt with Brad Lominick's face on it. That That's just who... Brad Lominick is. He's incredible and um, I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation today. He dropped so many amazing insights on things like having a mentor, things like wisdom, things like schedule and and rhythms of your day and I really think that you're going to be blessed by all of this. Could you do us a favor? If this encourages you in any way, would you subscribe? Would you share it to a friend? Maybe tag me. Um, We want to help get this out. We want to help encourage people the best way we can. And uh, once again, it's such an honor to have you listening to this first ever episode of All Our Ways. Without further ado, my conversation with Brad Lominick. Awesome. Hey, Brad, thank you so much for joining us today for All Our Ways. Absolutely. No, it's good to be with you.
1: We are in the middle of, of quite a, uh, a new reality of, of life, right?
0: It really is. We're recording this right now. It is April 22nd, and so we're right in the middle of um, coronavirus and adjusting. I think as of the end of this week, a couple states are going to attempt to reopen. You know, Still a lot of new normal, and uh, how are you adjusting? What are you doing to stay busy?
1: Well, just like everybody else, working working digitally, working remote from home. Um, I'm actually one of the, I don't know where the count is now in America, 850,000 or so that have had the virus. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those.
0: Wow. No way. When, when did you
1: have it? Do you have it now? Early? No, no, no. I'm I'm almost five weeks over it. Uh, wow. But early on there was uh, a gathering of some leaders up in Colorado that I helped put together and we had about 60 leaders together. And I think out of that group, this was March the 11th, 12th, somewhere in there. So if, if you recall when the NBA shut down, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we were, I think that was the first night we were together, but out of that group of 60, I think probably at least, I mean, probably 10 of us at least tested positive and then another wow. 10 probably had it and didn't realize it or they, you know, they didn't get tested. So, Man. um, bl- blame we're, it on me for, for probably spreading it way more than we should have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> were your, uh, were your symptoms bad?
1: Mild. Yeah. Very mild. Okay, So, you know, we, we, uh, I think most of us, that was true for, so just three or four days of a little bit, of a little bit of fever and, uh, but you know, luckily none of the respiratory stuff or the real deep, like chest congestion or chest cough. And so now if you you need me to, if you need my plasma or my antibodies, (laughs) just call me.
0: I'm glad to hear that you're uh, you're feeling better. I I remember that day because it was so surreal. Um, I f- I feel like for me it really got real when they canceled the NBA because uh, right. I am a huge NBA fan. Uh, do, do you watch the NBA? I'm
1: I mean I watch it. I'm not a I wouldn't consider myself a a huge fan. Football okay. is you know would be the number one sport for me. But yes, definitely. Okay, especially during the finals, NBA finals or. You know, when it gets when it when they start to really play, that's when I like to watch.
0: I've been told that um, out of anyone that you could play golf with, that Michael Jordan would be at the top of the list, though. Uh, And so, have you watched the Last Dance documentary that just came out?
1: Oh yes, of course. I mean, not only I mean, just again, like everybody else, there's nothing else on sports related, so. You know, it's, you get to choose between the last dance or, or the 1995, you know, American league, uh, championship series of baseball. It's like, I'll, I'll right. take the last dance.
0: There's way too much bowling on my television right now. Um,
1: yes. I mean, here's the deal. If anybody, if anybody would just do something that felt live. Yeah. I don't care what sport it is. We would all watch.
0: That's right. It's true. I bet that documentary got ratings close to the Super Bowl just because there hasn't been anything yeah. good sports-wise on on television in so long. Um, well, to, to go into it, Brad, um, I'd love to start our conversation um, focused kind of around the changes that are coming in church and leadership and in every sphere of life um, from this virus. I, I think uh, just uh, this idea of new normal. This terminology has been servicing all over the place on social media and different um, news articles and things like that. And so um, I'd love your perspective specifically in the church and in leadership. We've seen a pretty big shift really quick and stuff going to online, just so many different changes. Um, Whenever this coronavirus passes, what do you think is here to stay um, what are some things that you think churches need to be um, thinking about, leaders need to be thinking about? I'd love to just get your take on the changes that are taking place.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, change is, is something that many people, they get fearful of or they get, um, they, they, they start to sort of clam up, you know, change mm-hmm. can, can either paralyze us and and sort of move us to a protectionist mindset more Mm. change can really create opportunities and um i'm really encouraged by what i've seen i think the i think the idea that uh, that pastors and leaders and churches are seeing that engagement and connection is is more and more what people are really starving for and hungry for Um, so you know just think of the the I mean, obviously, people have seen exponential growth in their online attendance. Um, the Sunday experience has turned into a live stream, which was already moving that way anyway. Um, yeah. And I think that'll continue. I don't think people are going to, you know, they're not going to they're not going to turn off their live streams. Right. Uh, those who weren't doing it before, who are now doing it, and they're seeing significant exponential growth, they're not going to turn that off. Um, yeah. I think the more the more sort of exciting thing is is all of the stuff that happens that's been happening in the week. Mm. You know, if you watch, especially some of the innovative leaders and pastors, like they're, they're doing prayer time every day. They're doing uh, obviously small groups. They're, they're, they're creating these uh, sometimes again, daily connection points for people in their church. And they're realizing that people actually like, they really want to be part of that. Yeah. And this is, I think that's what's going to stick around. And you're going to see a lot more of the community and engagement portions of a church's, uh, you know, sort of their programmatic elements. You'll see a lot more of that that won't actually go back to in-person. It'll just stay. hey, we're going to do a prayer gathering virtually, uh, you know, three days a week. And we're just going to, we'll keep that in place. So to me, that's exciting because that's, Everybody's realizing that that again like I said people want that they're hungry for it but it's also something now we can deliver mm. and it doesn't it doesn't take that much effort and it also is obviously very cheap and yeah. free uh, yeah we you know we love free but it also works that's the thing mm. like it's not JV you know it's not the B team right. and it's not something that we look at and go well we had to do that and it's not really not really helping or, or really effective. Um, so that's one area that I would say, man, I'm really excited about.
0: I love it. So hearing you talk, I, I totally agree with you. I, I feel like um, every single day I'm seeing so many cool things being posted online, whether it's services or just great content. Um, but I, I listened to a conversation between you uh, Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands and Carrie Newhoff, who uh, is a huge inspiration of mine. A great podcast. Most of our listeners probably listen to that podcast as well. And in that conversation, the three of you really um, focused a large part of the conversation on rhythm and um, balancing the different aspects of of doing and being with God. And so I think for many people listening, we've got a a large audience of young leaders who are being thrust into this uh, quote-unquote new normal of everyday church, everyday content. Um, What would you say would be some, um, some maybe words of warning or advice, uh, on how to balance this new rhythm. Because I think for me, I'm already finding myself, um, feeling pressure, a little bit of pressure to produce more, to be on my phone more. And, um, I'm already having to kind of pause and stop and readjust and kind of tinker with my own rhythms. Have you experienced any of that personally?
1: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We have to be ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a social media maven like Rich Wilkerson Jr. You know, Rich, Rich is truly like taken, he's gone from, you know, sort of this level to, and I'm, you can't see me if you're watching, but you know, he's (laughs) exponentially grown his social media um, reach and also just the amount of stuff he's putting up. Well, that Mm -hmm. works for him. Yeah. Um, I don't need to feel the pressure to do that because mm-hmm. that's not me. Um, so the first thing is just be yourself and don't feel the weight of trying to, you know, to jump into that deep end of you've got to be content. You got to be creating content, you know, every hour now. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not fair and it's also not needed. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing is just the encouragement of saying, Hey, whatever feels like it's appropriate for you. You need to stay in that lane, okay. um, but the, the I think the other thing on this is is that you know the the pressure and what you just said no is true the pressure and the anxiety and almost this reverse psychology of even though we're all isolated and at home and feel like we're you know we're watching Netflix over and over and watching repeats of nineteen ninety five you know yeah um, we still we still are now actually like more consumed with. Opportunities to put things up, like to make things public, mm. and I would just say, um, be be very aware. And who who knows when you're you know who knows when you're listening to this? You may be listening to this a year from now, and we're we're post coronavirus. Nobody yeah. even cares anymore. But um, the the challenge is always take care of yourself mm. in seasons of chaos, crisis, uncertainty. When 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 you as a leader feel the weight and the pressure to sort of step up, which you should. That's what leaders do. Yeah. But the thing many times you'll forget about is actually to take care of yourself. And that's where rhythm comes in. It's, it's the rhythm of exercise. Like I, for example, I talked to a CEO friend of mine the other day. He is um, he's got about 200 employees. He had to lay off about half of those.
2: Wow. He,
1: he is, he is in the middle. I mean, the, the impact of this economic crisis as well as health crisis he would be like the poster child as a ceo and his company yeah. would and i said okay so how are you doing sleep wise well i haven't slept in i haven't slept great in a month and a half how are you doing exercise and this is a guy who exercises a lot haven't i haven't been exercising mm-hmm. uh, he's got a peloton has, hasn't been on his bike um how are you eating haven't had a good meal you know everything feels like it's just out of control, crazy, the yeah. family is going all the different directions, we haven't had a good like family meal. And that's, man, these are like neon flashing warning signs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's trying to save his company. Yeah. And that's a good thing to be working on. But at the same time, if he doesn't like, have a rhythm in place to take care of himself, mm. he's gonna, he's gonna get taken out of the game. Um, yeah, regardless of his company. So, you know, th- this is so important for leaders is you- you've got to make sure that 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 rhythm and that margin and sense of sabbath and routine mm-hmm. exercise health is still staying in place during these times of chaos.
0: Mm. That's so good Brad. I yeah. I uh, my mind goes to um, rhythm and, and routines on, on a daily basis. And I think we probably would have some older listeners who have been in the game a little bit longer, who they know exactly what you're talking about, um, but they would be p- probably interested in knowing a little bit of what your um, daily rhythm looks like to make sure that uh, that you are being taken care of personally. And also, I think there's a lot of younger listeners who are probably listening with the mindset of, you know, sleeping. I can sleep when I'm dead. I'm gonna grind right now. Who could probably really get a lot out of hearing some of what you do on a daily basis as well? Would you mind sharing some of that? Sure.
1: And and you know, again, everything has an asterisk next to it during these kind of times, mm-hmm. just because every day is different and it's a little bit more, again, chaotic. But I'll give you a few things to think about. One is exercise, and um, you know, I'm a runner. That's the easiest thing to do because it requires the least amount of, of technology or yeah. weights or a gym, right? right? Um, so, I try to run uh, anywhere from six to ten miles a day. Wow. And that's, but that's a rock that goes in first. Mm. So, regardless of where I am, uh, whether stuck at home, isolated, or, you know, traveling, or it doesn't matter. Like, I can never use the excuse, well, I wasn't. I wasn't in a place that had a gym, right? right? So whatever the lowest level of entry is, you know, the, mm-hmm. the lowest barrier you can create
3: mm-hmm.
1: is a way that you can automatically put a habit in place for yourself personally to then say, I'm committed to this. Mm. Um, Cause it, again, it's so easy if you travel, like I hear my friends all the time. They'll say, well, I travel. So I just don't have time to exercise. No, you do have time. You're just, yeah. you're just not making it one of the big rocks that goes in the jar first. Yeah, So that's a, that's a big one. And um, usually it's in the afternoon for me Okay, um, on a regular basis. Sleep is imperative. I Mm. I try to, I try to try as much as possible to go to, to go to bed at the same time every night um, and have the same rhythm of, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of, of reading or even watching, you know, some show on Netflix or prayer, scripture, reading, doesn't matter, but I try to go to bed at the same time and then mm-hmm. fall asleep at the same time.
3: Mm.
1: And then uh, I do sometimes use an alarm clock, but most of the time I don't. Okay. So this is this is another this is another part of the rhythm. If you go to bed at the same time, your body will acclimate, and then you won't have to use an alarm clock. What happens for a lot of people is they 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 shift their their bedtimes based so on a much. lot of factors that then they have to use an alarm clock. And if you will be just ruthlessly habitual mm. as much as possible about your, about your sleep time, that you, that not only you go to bed, but you actually like try to fall asleep, then you won't, you you'll wake up pretty much at the same time each day. Um, this is fascinating so to
0: me. So well, would you say a lot that of
1: science y- behind this? So it's would you say that you wake up randomly doing it?
0: What is the window of time that you would wake up? Like, are we talking about down to a couple minutes the same time every day you find yourself waking up?
1: Could be. Um, Most of the time it's within 15 or 30 minutes. Wow. So, and this, you know, again, this is, this is, this is your body when it, when it's used to a a habit, like a, a a pattern. This is why rhythm is so important is this is the reason that so many CEOs and, and, very very um, savvy leaders Mm. they also remove all the decisions or potential barriers that create sideways energy for themselves so when i hear craig grochelle say say to people on his podcast you know like i count the same steps from my bedroom to the kitchen
0: i heard that that blew my mind
1: right and he has seven blueberries in his in his uh you know in his oatmeal um, what you're hearing, he works. He works out at the same time every day. Um, he goes to bed pretty much the same time every day. He wakes up at the mm. same time every day. Some some people hear that and they go, "Well, Craig's just he's a robot." Well, he might be actually be like artificial intelligence because he's so <laughs> he's so friggin' ripped, right? Yes. But, but what you're hearing is from him is rhythm. It's habit. It's yeah. patterns where you're where you remove all the all the calories that your body might need to burn to figure Mm. those things out right yeah it's the it's the reason mark zuckerberg wears a you know he wears a a a black uh v-neck t-shirt every day to work at facebook it's the reason steve jobs wore you know a black turtleneck um these aren't they're not because they're boring people it's because they're they're trying to remove all the things Mm. from their life that can potentially be distracting to then focus and have like a mindset that says I'm going to really be able to have all my energy geared towards certain things.
0: This is great stuff. This is great stuff for anyone who's listening right now who might feel a little bit overstressed, um, overworked, a little too spread thin. Uh, I think this would be great um, as something for you to check and just kind of check in on your rhythms. How, how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, uh, functioning as as your disciplines, your core disciplines throughout the day, exercise, as Brad was talking about, um, all these little things that you should be checking as a barometer for your personal health. Um, Brad and I, we met at Passion uh, just a couple months ago. And um, do you remember that, Brad, when uh, we just met in this corner hallway, a couple young leaders, this is what I want to bring up is there were a couple of young leaders who said to me, one guy, his name's Luke Lazan and another guy named Joseph Sojourner, who I'm good friends with, uh, both of them. And the same day they both said to me, Noah, there's someone here at Passion that you've got to meet. His name's Brad. And uh, I'd, of course, I, I was waiting for them to say your last name, praying that it was Brad Lominick, because I'd, I'd heard of you and I'd seen you. I'd been to Catalyst several times. Um, even as a high schooler, I went to Catalyst with my, uh, with my parents. And oh, that's so awesome. um, I just think it's really cool how respected you are, not just by your peers, but especially the next generation. And I know that you have a huge heart for next generation leaders. Um, particularly, you regularly publish lists of next generation leaders for people to um, be on the lookout for, to reach out to. And I really just admire that. I'd love to, um, to get your perspective on what you look for in young leaders that you think have a good chance of um, finishing the race of being in the game for the long haul Mm -hmm. what are some early signs of a young leader who's headed in that direction
1: well good question and thank you for those kind words um i do remember us meeting by the way at passion and i knew who you were so this is this is another uh this is another thing that will will help on your question um i have a i have a insatiable curiosity, I would say, and almost a, you could call it a desire or a hunger to actually be aware of who the young up and comers are. And, you know, part of the reason I do the young influencers list, which you mentioned, uh, there's now, you know, 900 plus leaders that have been on that list in the last 12 years. The reason I started doing that in 2008 was because I wanted to put a habit in place where I would always be looking for and, you know, truly mining, like M-I-N-I-N-G, mining sure. um, for the gems, you know, the un- undiscovered gems that were deep in the dirt that nobody knew about yet, but mm-hmm. they needed to know about. And it's, I wanted to put that habit in place because what happens for so many of us when we get older is, one, we quit looking behind us for the next leaders to bring with us. But wow. we also start to think that we have it all figured out now and that, mm-hmm. you know, like they need to be listening to us and and I'm the expert and everybody should be you know sort of knocking on my door and I just take the opposite approach even if I'm the even if I am the grand poobah you know the person that everybody should be having on their podcast or reading their book or whatever like I want to take the opposite approach which says I want to ask the first question Wow! and I learned this from John Maxwell Mm. Noah. because you know if you've ever met John John automatically and he's you know he's pretty much established himself as the grand poobah of leadership right oh
0: he's the man I
1: mean he he's he's he goes to the conferences and speaks and then sits down and every speaker behind him just does his his same content right (laughs) they've taken it from one of his books and you know he's still taking notes but the thing I love about John is he's always in the room he's the most interested Mm -hmm. he's always asking the great question he's always he's always like turning the tables on people and saying, he's not saying this, but what he's saying is, is I'm going to be more curious than you are.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. when
1: I show that I'm interested, what I do is I honor people. Yeah. And, and, and this, this is part of when you're young, you should do that because of honor, mm. because of age, you know, age should, should help you to see that I should honor those who've gone before me. But again, mm. for me, this is, this is my challenge and my challenge to all of you who are listening to this who are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and you're now kind of looking behind, or you should be, is that part of your responsibility now is to go find the young leaders um, and give them more opportunities than you were ever given. You know, wow. like push them to the top of Mount Everest and say, hey, go look at the, go look at the view up there. I've yeah. already been to the top of the mountain there's not room for both of us, but I want you to go up and wow. I'll stay back down here. And you know, this is, this is a great challenge though, because think of all the pastors or founders or executive directors or people that you worked for in the past that they, they thought that was a good idea, mm. but they never actually like implemented it, you yeah. know? And you, you always felt like I'm 25 and I really, I feel like I'm ready or I'm 30 or I'm 32. But that 50-year-old you know, who's in charge won't give me a chance. And mm. I just want to take the opposite approach. I, I never want to be the barrier wow. to, a, to a young leader passing me. Um, I want them to always be able to take something way farther than I could take
0: it. I love that so much. I, it, it reminds me of um, a conversation. I, w- I went on a young leaders retreat um, in Colorado a couple a couple of months ago, and there were a lot of young leaders. I would say most of the leaders in the room were under the age of 30, um, and we were sitting around the table and a common theme of conversation was, um, was mentors. And there was a clear divide sitting at the table. There was a few, the minority sitting at the table who answered the question and said, you know, I, I have really good mentors in my life. People that are where I want to be, not just in my career, but also with their family life, with their um, spiritual life and then the majority of the table i would say was under the opposite category saying you know what i'm i'm really pushing it i'm going for it i'm doing the best that i can but i haven't really found a mentor um, to kind of be that accountability and to learn from. And so it, it just opened up this conversation that's been an active and ongoing conversation between that group of guys. We we grew pretty close and this search for mentors for a young leader who might be listening, who says, you know what, I want to learn from somebody who is where I want to go. What would be uh, some advice to that person? Because a lot of times I think, the view from our generation is, Oh, there's, they're so uh, involved and they're so busy. I don't want to be a nuisance or I don't know if they would have time for me. What are some ways for younger leaders to seek out and um, get mentors?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, Well, the first thing is there's lots of ways to be mentored. Um, Mm -hmm. Mentored doesn't mean that you have to, you know, meet for breakfast weekly. Yeah. I mean, that That was kind of my generation's idea of mentoring, mm-hmm. and today I can learn and be mentored by a lot of people who I never yeah. even have met so so don't feel like you need to limit who is mentoring you um, mm-hmm. now there's concentric circles that help with how much you let people in, and you know I'm not going to take the advice of somebody who is six levels away from me on the concentric sure. circle diagram you know to To make a big time life decision, Um, but you're you're being mentored by lots of people. Here's the thing. Here's the mistake I think most young leaders make: is Mm. they want to be mentored by Louis Giglio, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right, or or you know, Andy Stanley or Stephen Furtick or um, John Maxwell, you know, or just fill in the blank, like these these larger than life sort of heroes of theirs, right. And the chance of you being mentored by them is like 0.00. I'm
0: so glad you said it.
1: <laughs> right? I mean, so, and I don't mind the, I don't mind the, the sort of shoot for the stars idea here, yeah. but go find a mentor who is actually available to you
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and probably is one or two steps ahead of you. Um, and they're also at a stage of life or they're in a season where they have margin. Mm. so that those are crucial again if you want somebody who's really going to speak back into you and 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 be able to establish sort of this give and take um, you have to find people that there there's a realistic expectation as part yeah. of the equation because yeah. um, again I, I mean I'd love to I'd love for Pat Lynchioni and and Simon Sinek and uh, you know uh, Bishop Jakes, and i would love to have all those people, right? I mean, but the chances of them, even for me or any of us for that matter, but, you know, they got mm-hmm. they got a lot of people pulling at them. So don't yeah. go after that person. Go after the person who who is closer in your circle to you. Um, again, have some margin.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're, they're a couple of steps ahead of you, and perhaps they're outside your industry. You know, yeah. one of the great things that I think helps you as a mentor is that they are not; um, they're not somebody that's sort of stuck in your same little circle yeah. of of life and pattern. So, yeah. for example, if you're a pastor, or you're a student pastor, or you're a you know a youth pastor, or you're a next gen pastor, um, you might want to find somebody who doesn't necessarily work in a church.
2: Yeah, that's and I promise great. you,
1: I promise you, there are a bunch of of business leaders there's a bunch of, of leaders in your church
3: mm.
1: that would love to mentor you. But it's not going to be sexy with them, right? You're not yeah. going to be able to put on your Instagram, hey, loved hanging out with Louie. Man, just appreciate all the things he's investing in me. Wow. Come on, right? Yeah. So that's, that they're, but they're going to help you because, because they're going to be in your life. And that's love really, it. really important.
0: I love it. I, I think that that's, even more valuable you know i think it's something that we can overlook as a generation i think that that is a legitimate knock on the generation that i that i'm a part of is is we look for the name when we have someone who could give us just as much value who's right beside us and is more realistic to reach out to um so a lot of that
1: a lot of that is because Noah. because a lot of the reason we even see that as a potential is because Mm -hmm. we live in the world that that says i'm connected to pretty much anybody i want to be connected to because i can i can direct message them or i can you know slide into their dms or or i can you know like so the expectation is access which i don't mind that in fact Mm -hmm. if you're a leader who is who is not accessible um especially if you have some influence you know this is the reason that i i always try to like respond to any leader who reaches out to me because i know that's an expectation but there Mm -hmm. is a limitation though on Even though there is access to lots of people, that doesn't mean they're gonna be somebody who can mentor you and sort of walk with you and be in your life.
0: That leads perfectly into what I'd love to ask you next because um, for me and so many other people legitimately, you, you just listed a name of of kind of heroes and you absolutely belong in that list for me. and so. Um, You know, your schedule has always been full. You always have a lot of things going on. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar, um, I mentioned this in the intro of the podcast, but Brad was... Uh, leading Catalyst, which has impacted tens of thousands of people around the world. And he led that organization for um, quite a long time. Right now, Brad is just as busy all over um, consulting, writing books, doing podcasts, speaking, keynoting at all different types of events. And so, uh, my question to you, Brad, would be how do you process what to add to your schedule? and what you have to say no to Um, i know for many leaders they're very familiar with the power of no but what i found is that many people know that their no is powerful but they don't have a uh, a a way of um, operating a rule of life to filter opportunities through would you mind uh, explaining how you go about doing that
1: yes good question again you're asking some good questions man um, <laughs> Thank you. Well, the, the the first thing is this: the younger you are, the more yeses you should you should have. That's great. Um, and I actually think even the older you get, the more yeses you should still try to have um, that are consistent. Now you wow. have to say no more hmm. as you get older because usually your responsibility in in multiple sort of you know multiple plates you have to you have to you have to spin multiple plates. Um, whether that's because you're you know, you're operating at a level that's higher as a leader, you're carrying more weight, Um, there's more responsibility with the organization you're leading, Mm. you've got family, you've got, you know, lots more things. Um, But just to start with, your yeses are actually just as important and perhaps more important. Wow. And I just, I want to say that to every young leader listening, don't let your 20s be a season, a, a decade where you think you have to say no. Wow. Because the more yeses you 're actually saying that the more you 'll actually discover sort of that that you know that sweet spot of, so of calling and and a sense of assignment and um, you know people when they start to figure out what am I supposed to do with my life
3: mm-hmm.
1: it 's way harder to to answer that question when you only have sort of one experience to go on yeah and right so the more the more I have to put data in in my twenties. When I, when I talk to a 30-year-old who's, and I say, tell me about all your life experiences in your, in your 20s, and they say, oh my gosh, like I've done 30 things the last decade <laughs> that have been, again, what, what, you're, what you're capturing is you're capturing helpful information yeah. to then be able to say, well, what did you really love the most? Like what, mm-hmm. Because as soon as you figure that out, then you can start saying no way easier. So um, good. And for me, again, I know my lane. So my, my nose are typically because it doesn't fit with the, the season of assignment I currently have, or it mm. doesn't reflect the calling by which the riverbanks get put together. And my calling is to influence influencers. Mm. So a lot of people might have that one as well, which is great. It's not just mine, but I know that like if I'm going to say yes to something, if it's, if it's helping me influence people who influence people. Yeah. And then I'm gonna say yes to it, probably. I love it. If it's it. not doing that, then I'm gonna say no. Um, I love and regardless of all the other things that go along with that, you know, that that gives me a runway which then allows me to figure out like, well, what am I actually doing? Mm. Um, but most people never figure out the they never figure out the higher level why question. Yeah. So all they're trying to do, all they end up trying to do is navigate the what because wow. they have pressure around financial obligations or they need more income or they're trying to get popular. You know, they're trying to grow their following. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I'm very comfortable right now. I am the, the worst follow on social media. I mean, perhaps <laughs> I am the worst in the world, you know, and people say, why don't you post more? why don't you, why don't you talk more? Well, because I'm listening. Mm. Well, why are you wow. listening? Well, because I'm trying to, capture information that will help me to actually help other leaders navigate the social media um, world man so when somebody says well well okay that makes sense compared to well i'm just better you know i'm I'm, i got somebody came out and was mean on social media so now i'm just getting off of it you know you make decisions way better when you have when you have the 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 who and the why part Figured out, you know, that not, not just the what.
0: So good. So, just to kind of summarize and make sure I'm I'm hearing you right, you would encourage um, leaders who are younger, twenties, thirties, not to feel as bad about saying yes to some things while we're in the figuring it out stage of our life, trying to figure out what. God has really put a burden in our heart for, or a calling on our life for. And then as you grow into that, it's much easier to make those decisions because you know, is this helping that cause or taking away from it?
1: You got it. That, you said it perfectly, Noah. And again, the, the question of what am I going to do with my life? You know, what's my major when I'm 18, 19? That, that is a really, really complicated and unfair question to ask. Sure. It, we should be asking, who am I?
2: Mm.
3: when
1: i'm 18 19 and let the who determine the what so wow. again my my advice to 20 somethings is go find a who yeah that you want to work for so go, let's just say going back to louis Giglio, let's just mm-hmm. let's pick on louis and we're not okay. picking on louis but <laughs> let's just let's use passion city church and and the passion movement and you know are you going to be mentored by louis probably not yeah Um, but would you want to get around Mm. that team in such a way that allows you to then sort of uh, have people who are connected into that world starting to impact you? Mm. Sure, that's a great decision. Now, that's not, so you're making that decision not based on what am I going to do at Passion City Church or what am I going to do at Passion Conference or what role am I going to have? That's a what question.
2: Mm.
1: The who question is, is who's gonna who's gonna really invest in me yeah in my twenties. And I promise you, if you look back on your twenties and you find people, the the people who are are most impacting folks when they're 40 in their 40s and 50s are the ones that got around some people in their twenties and they just like soaked up everything they were pouring out. Wow. And their what was not important, even though it seemed so important at the time, right? Yeah. Because that's what everybody's asking you. I'm, you're 25 or what are you going to do with your life? You know? And again, that's an okay question. The better question is who are you becoming and who are you around right wow. now? Cause that will lead you, you'll, you'll figure out the what man, the, the what will take care of itself, I promise. Uh, mm-hmm. But the who is the most important in that, in that first half, as you said, the the first half of life, you know, the best way many times to discover your calling is to back into it right it is it's yeah back into it i look at all the data i look at all the experiences and i go oh i realize now that based on the process of elimination that i now know what god really wants me to do you know wow. and and the other thing is there's no wrong answer mm. don't put so much pressure on yourself to figure out the one thing yeah um, you might have 15 different seasons and this is true for the young leaders today again you know, you're going to have maybe 18 to 20 different seasons of career that mm-hmm. sort of make up your 40, 50 year journey where like my parents had one or two, Wow. regardless of whether they loved it or hated it. They were just trying to get to retirement. Yeah. They were just trying to get to the vacation, to the weekend. And yeah. young, you know, you and your peers, you're not willing to put up with that. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're not willing to say, I'm going to do this just because it's creating a paycheck for me. Mm-hmm. there's too much cause and like passion that is going into that decision. And I love that. Um, yeah. so we can, Man. I could keep going on this for a while, but I'll stop. So
0: good. I could, I could listen for a while. Um, I, uh, I think there's so much, what you just said is so rich and, um, I hope, that as, you, as people are listening to this, they're, they're taking notes. This is such great stuff. And um, we're kind of running out of time. And so I would love to kind of wrap up our conversation just with a, a, a few rapid fire questions for you, Brad, if you're down for that. Let's do it. Okay. Um, who is your favorite social media follow?
1: Oh gosh, give me a category.
0: Okay, got- uh, let's do leadership first. Now I'll give you another one.
1: Uh, leadership, you know, I, I love right now, I would say, um, I love Simon Sinek. Okay. Great. Cause he's, he's, he's actually doing a lot of like, um, short little concise interviews with people. So yeah, I'll say Simon. Yep.
0: I love that. Okay. Um, how about a fun follow on social media? Someone you just enjoy, uh, keeping up with.
1: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say. I'll, I'll give a a one A and one B to to Chad Beach and Rich Wilkerson Jr. (laughs) So good. Yeah. Those guys and Chad. I mean, especially Chad, he just makes me laugh. He just makes me smile. You know, anybody that can make peanut butter and jelly. It's amazing. Incredible. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, what has been uh, a favorite book of yours that you've read recently?
1: Um, well I'm reading right now, uh, the Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger. So, oh,
0: yeah. Amazing. I just, I read that book um, last month and uh, just so inspiring. Incredible. Yes.
1: And, and really good for regardless of where you are in your season of, of leadership. Uh, yeah. Bob Iger, the you know, CEO of Disney, and it's, it's a really good read.
0: Mm. Okay. Um, one word for this season of your life. Listening listening ma'am I think um, this conversation uh, i'm going to go back and, and take notes to, but I already made a little note on my uh, notepad to go back to that quote that you said. I think that was that really hit me. Um, a lot of people are are talking uh, I'm, I'm messing up your quote, but a lot of people yeah. are talking on on social media I'm more interested in listening, and I think uh, yeah. that really really. Um, hits home. I think that's something that as I sit here and think about the leaders that I look up to the most in my life, that is a common thread in their life is that they are incredible listeners and incredible question askers. Yes.
1: And it gives you, it gives you instant credibility in the room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you ask a good question, you automatically elevate your credibility. Wow. This is, this is why you, just in this interview, Noah, like, we don't know each other that well but the questions you're asking, you're automatically elevating your influence with me. Wow. And uh, again, you know, use this as an example, all of you young leaders, uh, you're, you, know, you wanna get somebody's attention. Start a podcast and just get them on your podcast and ask them good questions.
2: Man.
3: And
1: then they'll, they'll wanna stick around for an extra t- 20 minutes. And then they'll wanna <laughs> like answer more because all you're doing is you're honoring me by asking me a good question. Mm compared to you're trying to like tell me your life mission and you're trying to like mm. give me your, you know, five rules of leadership. And I mean, get in line. But when you yeah. ask a good question, you, you, you sit back and you, you just gain credibility without really doing anything. Wow. Um, so that's a, man. that's a good, that's a good hack,
0: man. Well, thank you for saying that, Brad. My last question for you, last question, a little uh, lighter note, uh, LeBron or Jordan?
1: Oh, Jordan i love long. it
0: <laughs> i wasn't sure if i was gonna the have generation
1: to... you come up in though you know because
0: yeah
1: my for me i watched jordan uh you know as a middle schooler yeah. or elementary school and and on you know so mm. that's a when when you're when you're sort of growing up so anybody who just threw through the basketball at the, at the remote or you know uh you 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 said a christian cuss word because i said yeah. Because I said, Jordan, it's all about when you grow up.
0: I think that's been uh, the coolest part about this documentary for me, because I, I grew up in a house where if you answered that question, anything but Jordan, um, you probably weren't eating dinner that night. And so I already kind of fell in that camp by uh, the way I was raised. But the the cool thing about this documentary is it's giving the younger generation an inside look at at the competitor and the athlete that he, he truly was in his prime. And so um, it's been really cool to watch. Brad, how can leaders uh, listening and just people in general keep up with you, stay up to date with what you're doing? What's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, probably through just uh, my website, which is just my first and last name, Brad, L-O-M-E-N-I-C-K.com. And then I'm same at all the social media outlets, but again, I'm I'm not a very good follower right now.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with that. I saw a cool picture of you and uh, shooting some ducks recently and that yeah, made but that me was laugh like, a little bit. It was like
1: three and a half months ago that it, my last <laughs> post on Instagram. So sorry.
0: <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Brad. This was an honor for me and um, it was really, really helpful for me. And I, I know a lot of people. So thank you so much for your time.
1: You bet, Noah. Thanks, man.